JBFD Studios is the Jade Motel Football Experience. And now here's your host, Jake Botel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Football Experience. An absolute bloody pleasure to have your company on this episode, as always. Um, and here to whip through some NFL preseason uh, week one slash week two uh, recap thoughts. Obviously, we had the Hall of Fame game between the Steelers and the Cowboys last week at Canton, but this officially to me was preseason games week one because everybody was playing. We had a full slate of 16 games to chew on. Um, I've managed to watch eight of them so far and look, these just wanted to whip through some of my takeaways from each game. So we'll crack in. To start with, We've got the Steelers playing the Eagles. Uh, my, my basic thoughts about this were uh, Hurts, Haskins look sharp, Steelers run the football. So Jalen Hurts actually fired some darts early and I thought he looked pretty decent. The stat line doesn't exactly marry up to it. He completed three of seven for 54. It's the preseason uh, and one rush for four yards. But I just thought there was some... Uh, maybe some some signs that his accuracy has taken a step forward. I thought he moved the offense pretty well um, early in the game while he was in the match. Uh, I thought there were good signs there for Eagles fans. Joe Flacco looked like Joe Flacco. Um, Nick Mullins threw five passes, completed one of them, and had two interceptions. In terms of receiving weapons, uh, Quez Watkins looked pretty explosive for the Eagles, reeled in one reception for 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, converted QB to tight end Tyree Jackson also did all right for himself, grabbing two catches for 32 yards. He actually looked quite good as well. So this sort of my thoughts on the Eagles uh, passing game, I guess. The, the run game was really well stymied by the Steelers' defense. They gained just 52 yards on the ground, Philadelphia. The Steelers' defense also prevented the Eagles from gaining a third down for the entirety of the game. I think they were 0 for 8 on third down attempts. Steelers defense also laid two sacks, had two picks. So Steelers D looks like the Steelers D. Offensively for Pittsburgh, the Steelers run game had life. Uh, they gained 152 yards on 42 rushes. So real commitment to run the football. They ran a lot of plays, actually, the Steelers. If, if you added up all the different um, pass attempts and rush attempts, uh, Tony Brooks James uh, had nine carries for 51 yards. Jalen Samuels, 10 for 45 with a touchdown. And Anthony McFarlane Jr., um, former Maryland uh, product, nine for 34 and one touchdown. They all acquitted themselves well. Uh, in the receiving game, it was Rico Bussey Jr., four catches for 45 yards. Deontay Johnson, three for 41. And Cody White, five for 39. They got the bulk of the targets for the Steelers. Anthony Johnson had two catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. The quarterback situation uh, in Pittsburgh, obviously Ben Roethlisberger will be the starter, um, but we're talking about 
who's going to be that number two guy behind him. So there's three guys competing for the spot, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and Josh Dobbs. To me, it looks like a two-horse race to back up Ben Roethlisberger between Rudolph and Haskins. Josh Dobbs only completed – he completed five of six uh, for 30 yards, but through one pick. And look, he just seems to be destined to be the third string quarterback on this roster at best. That seems to be the ceiling um, on Josh Dobbs from where I sit. The Rudolph Haskins thing is interesting. Um, I thought Haskins played better than people gave him credit for in week one against the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game. Um, Rudolph, to me, against the Eagles this week looked stagnant. Now, he completed eight of nine for 77, but there were frequent times where he looked panicked in the pocket. Um, I just don't think he navigates the pocket well. don't think he senses pressure well. I think um, he panics in the face of the rush. That's just my thoughts on Rudolph. I think we've kind of seen the ceiling on Rudolph. I think he's a safe-ish backup player. but he doesn't provide you even much of a ceiling. There's probably there's probably quarterbacks out there who will back up and give you a higher ceiling um, for the same amount of safety sort of guarantee as Rudolph um, will give you. Um, Dwayne Haskins, he had the bulk of the passing on the night, 16 of 22 for 161 and a touchdown. To me, he moved the, the offense far more effectively. They looked dangerous. Uh, when Haskins was out there to me. He looks like he's bringing the juice. He looks like he's competing for this job. He wants to win a spot on the final roster. Um, I think you can see the reasons he was drafted high. Uh, I think this is a perfect situation for him. I think this would have been the perfect situation for him to enter the NFL in, drafted in behind a veteran who he could develop behind, but that's not what happened for him in Washington. I think he was rushed in far too early. He only started one year in college. So I think he needed a lot more time to develop. He'll get at least this season behind Roethlisberger. And to me, he still has the ceiling to be an NFL starting quarterback. I just don't see it in Mason Rudolph. That's just my opinion. Could be totally wrong. And my opinion could change. I really liked Mason Rudolph when he first came out, thought he showed signs, but I feel like his progress has stagnated, if not dropped off. So look, right now, I'd be favoring them to to put Haskins in that number two spot. I'd keep Rudolph and I'd probably cut Josh Dobbs, just where I'm at at the minute. But that's just me. All right. Saints v. Ravens. Um, Thoughts on this one. Hill, Winston, compete. Book looks shook. Huntley's Lamar impression and Tony Jones runs. So quarterback situation in New Orleans was what I tuned in for predominantly. We got to see pretty even game time for Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, and rookie Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book. Hill started and looked sharp enough. Uh, He went eight for 12, sorry, eight from 12 for 81 with a pick. Could absolutely have thrown at least one more interception I feel like for Taysom Hill, we've kind of seen his ceiling. To me, he is a mid-level starting quarterback in the NFL at best, particularly if they – I mean, obviously, they're not running their full offense. Um, To me, like the times where they've started Taysom Hill for the Saints, they haven't run him enough. I feel like the advantage, you know, the full skill set, if you're not making use of Taysom Hill's legs as a quarterback, what's the point? Um, because he's he's an average at best 
uh, pocket passing quarterback, in my opinion. So if you're not combined, if you're not using his athleticism as well, what's the point? I, I don't really see it. As I said, he looked sharp enough through one pick, probably should have thrown another one. Jameis Winston, I think higher ceiling, uh, lower floor, and doesn't offer the athleticism that Taysom Hill does. But to me, looks more natural as that drop back pocket passing quarterback. Now, you can talk about his decision-making and all that sort of thing, and that's fair criticism. But I think if you're looking for a guy to sit in the pocket and play that sort of um, classical quarterback position, Jameis Winston to me every day over Taysom Hill from what I've seen. Uh, So he completed some really nice throws, Winston. Also put the ball in danger a couple of times. Completed 7 of 12 for 96 with a touchdown and one interception. Ian Book uh, looked like Ian Book from college. He completed uh, 9 of 16, no touchdowns, one pick. His athletic ability that he had in college, you know, especially last season um, in his senior year at the Fighting Irish, he was able to run around and create plays, um, pick up yards with his legs. I feel like there's a few rookie quarterbacks we've seen coming to the NFL this season and the athletic ability and perhaps advantage they had in college is completely neutralized when you step up to the NFL. Everyone's bigger, everyone's faster. If you were a slightly more athletic than a, than average quarterback in college, you're either average or below average in the NFL. And I really feel like Book can't rely on his legs like he was able to do in college. He can't bail himself out like that. And really, it's one read and then escape the pocket. Uh, that's something that he, he did at Notre Dame. And it's something that I thought showed on the night against the Ravens. Uh, there were a couple of nice throws late, but then he threw the pick that essentially ended the game, having driven them down the field. Uh, Tony Jones, the running back, Tony Jones Jr., looked explosive in the run game for New Orleans. Seven carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Saints defense also showed some signs, had two sacks and an interception. On the other side of things, Baltimore's defense looked like Baltimore's defense. They had three sacks, three interceptions, three fumbles recovered. Uh, Geno Stone had the two picks. But I want to talk about Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley did his very best Lamar Jackson impression. Um, completed 12 of 16 for 79 yards with no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he combined that with seven rushes for 43 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Now, he is clearly the second best quarterback on this roster. Um, Trace McSorley isn't in the competition for the backup, in my opinion. Um, Huntley should allow the Ravens to do what they like to do if Lamar ends up injured. Uh, I think I think this guy looks like a like a, a, a dude. I mean, it's kind of like Lamar light. He's not quite as fast twitch and quick and, and elusive as Lamar is. But I tell you what, he's not a bad backup to have. It's very much like for like. And I think as far as um, the passing game goes, I mean, 12 of 16, he did all right. Uh, I think he, he looked the goods as far as what they're looking for in a backup quarterback. In Baltimore, um, Devin Duvernay, from the Texas Longhorns. Um, He had four catches for 28 yards, acquitted himself pretty well, and was targeted a fair bit across the night. So I would expect to see him feature during the season, Devin Duvernay. All right. Panthers v. Colts. Uh, Thoughts on this one? Hubbard empties the cupboard. Young quarterbacks show their wares, and Colts' defense is as advertised. So 
Start off with the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy, Tuba Hubbard, the rookie running back, got seven carries for 80 yards uh, for the Panthers, 11.4 yards per carry, led the run game uh, for the Panthers. Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU, another rookie, reeled in three catches for 88 yards. That duo will excite Panthers fans, and rightly so. Defensively, there was three sacks and an interception. Uh, for the Panthers' defense, but they allowed the Colts to move the ball at will for the most part to the tune of 427 total yards and 9 of 16 on third down. PJ Walker looks like a serviceable backup, uh, can sometimes make beautiful throws and then the next play make an awful throw. So the, 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 it's a low ceiling, high uh, low floor, high ceiling situation for his passing. There seems like a high amount of variance in what he's going to bring to the passing game. Uh, Will Greer looks like he'll hang out on a practice squad somewhere again. Colts quarterback competition was far juicier. And this was the one I was really keen to see given the absence of Carson Wentz for the foreseeable future. And we got a good look at Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. Uh, They were both given equal time. They had a half each which is nice to see. That's a great sample size to see each of them in a half of, you know, again, admittedly preseason football, but still better than seeing, you know, nine snaps out of them. Uh, didn't get to see Brett Hundley at all, but I think we kind of know what Brett Hundley is. Both of them showed some things. So Jacob Eason to me looks a little bit like Justin Herbert light. Um, maybe not quite as talented in the passing game, but similar build, uh, tall, solid. They, uh, are about exactly the same size in terms of height and weight. Strong arm for Eason, just like Herbert. He completed 15 of 21 for 183, no touchdowns, no interception. Uh, when he was in charge, the offense put up 10 points in the first half. Sam Ellinger comes in in the second half. And Sam Ellinger, for me, did Sam Ellinger things uh, that he did at Texas. He started uh, at a struggle, uh, threw an interception early, compl- but over across the course of his afternoon, completed 10 of 15 for 155 uh, and no touchdowns. But the key thing for me was with Sam Ellinger, when the game was on the line, he dropped dimes, dropped an absolute couple beautiful throws uh, on both the game leveling and game winning drives and actually ran the ball himself on a two point conversion that leveled up the scores. So I think what you've got here is Jacob Eason is a safer um, more prototypical NFL quarterback, tall, you know, stands tall in the pocket. He's got a strong arm, you know, clearly has all those physical traits. Don't know about the, you know, the intangible side of the game. Don't know if he's a, you know, quote unquote playmaker. You flick over to Sam Ellinger, not your prototypical NFL quarterback, a little shorter, um, maybe not quite as strong an arm in the passing game, but to me, he's more of that playmaker. He possesses more of those intangible um, elements where, where it looks like the guys around him enjoy playing with him. He has that, you know, fire of a competitor was super psyched um, to run that two point conversion in brings a lot of juice. I think to the offense, a lot of self-belief. I think he really believes in himself. I'm not saying Jacob Eason doesn't, but visually, it shows more um, in the way Sam Ellinger carries himself on the field. Um, now, obviously, with the Justin Herbert comparison, 
Justin Herbert doesn't necessarily look like he has a lot of swag out on the field, but he delivers on the field. And, and, and that's sort of his swag. He lets his throwing, he lets his passing do the talking. Maybe Jacob, Jacob Eason's the same. Allinger is a little more combative. Uh, so the Colts' defense, only one sack, but they looked good in keeping Carolina to just three of 14 on third down attempts and you know made plays. So the Colts' defense looks as advertised. What they've got to work out now is who's going to be this quarterback because we don't know when Carson Wentz is going to come back. I feel like this battle is going to be interesting between Eason and Ellinger because honestly, I think both of them offer something. I think Eason probably has a more reliable future at the high level, but Ellinger also brings a little extra something as well. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting battle and it's, it's kind of between, um, you know, more traditional prototypical quarterback and a sort of more gritty gamer kind of QB uh, in Ellinger. 49ers hosted the Chiefs. Uh, Jimmy G started this game. And then these were the sort of things I was really looking for. I was looking at the Trey Lance versus Jimmy G battle. Kind of interested to look. Um, I mean, I'm not that. I kind of feel like I know what I'm going to get out of the Chiefs. So the main focus on this game to me was just to see Trey Lance, who I've really liked coming out of college, coming out of North Dakota State University. Um, I was hyped for him think the 49ers are a perfect fit so jimmy g comes out completes three of three for 26 yards then disappears he gets he gets the hook um trey lance comes out now the numbers five of 14 for 128 and one touchdown so a lot of yardage hurled not you know five only you know what's that five of 14 a third of his passes were completed and a touchdown, but it's the touchdown throw that stands out and makes you look at, oh, man, this guy has a ceiling that is far beyond what Jimmy G can reach. Um, now, obviously, he only had the one season starting in college uh, for the Bison. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can pull it all together at the top level. But by God, he's got parts to pull together if he can make it happen. The throwing question sort of, you know, dropping back in the pocket away from pressure and then just launching deep down the field to uh, Sherfield for an 80-yard touchdown. This guy just has a magical arm. Now, I think there's some high variance in, in his passing quality uh, against what was actually some pretty good coverage from the Chiefs. So some of it is good coverage too. Some of it was decent throw, better coverage. Um I think there are signs there, though, massive signs in neon lights. This is his job for the taking. We know where Jimmy G is at. We have seen Jimmy G's ceiling. Jimmy G is not going to elevate his play beyond what we've seen him do at his best. That is what it is. That's the high watermark for Jimmy G. The question is going to be, can Trey Lance put together something resembling his own ceiling in year one? And you know, I think unless he absolutely shows it and proves it in training camp, they should start Jimmy G. And that's, you know, the leader in the clubhouse for Trey Lance to chase. That gives him the carrot dangled in front of him. I don't think you should just hand this job to him. I think you've got to start the guy who gives you the best chance to win week in, week out and let Trey Lance overtake Jimmy G. Now, if that happens in training camp, fair enough. 
But if it doesn't, if you've still kind of got question marks over Trey Lance, don't push him in too early. You know, let him develop and chase down Jimmy G. Make it a natural takeover of the position. Because Jimmy G is a pretty decent sort of NFL-level starting quarterback. I think he's maybe slightly above average. Um, and I think that this 49ers team, if it stays healthy, can absolutely win um, with a slightly above average quarterback. What Trey Lance offers is the potential of a transformative talent at the position. So it, it's just a matter of time and progress and see what he can do consistently as the preseason wears on. Um, 49ers run game. Did what it did, 175 yards on 29 carries. Jermichael Hasty, 10 for 63 with one touchdown. The defense had four sacks and one interception. Um, we saw a bit of Josh Rosen. Poor old Josh Rosen. Looks like his career might be just about done. Made some nice throws and then threw a killer, killer pick. So I don't know where we go from here with, with um, Josh Rosen. He's not going to be winning a backup quarterback position at this point. So I don't know. It's practice squad, I guess, at this point in his NFL journey. Um, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. He was there for two passes, completed one, then got the hook. Um, Chad Henney came on six for nine, six of nine for 37 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, then we saw a bit of youngsters, Anthony Gordon and Shane Bushell. Uh, they combined for 19 of 28. Yeah, 19 of 28. <laughs> 155, no touchdowns, no interception. But Shane Bushell does rush the ball three times for 13 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, I think this is Chad Henney's backup job. And then you're looking at Anthony Gordon or Shane Bushell to, um, to be on the practice squad. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I like the look of, I like watching Shane Bushell at SMU in college. So I'd probably give him the nod because he gives you a little bit of something extra. He's probably going to mimic, so, you know, different styles of quarterbacks in on the practice squad with his ability to run the football as well a bit. Shane Bruchel and Sam Ellinger kind of, for some reason, um, similar sort of dudes in my head. Um, so we got light work for Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, etc. Likewise, just light days for the usual starters in the passing game, Hill and Kelsey. Uh, Tim Ward on defense for the Chiefs had four tackles and two sacks. And the Kansas City defense as a team had five sacks and a pick. All right. Bears v. Dolphins. Tua improves, fields impresses. Fun game. This was one of the, the more enjoyable uh, preseason games so far. So Tua went eight of 11 for 99 yards, threw a pick. Um, you can see where... He can go in terms of his talent ceiling, but still work to be done, I think, is, is where I'd be at with Tua. I think it didn't really do anything that's going to – if you doubted Tua last year, then I don't think there was anything in this preseason game that really made you go, oh, well, he's fixed everything. You know, I'm really – I think you can see the talent. You can see where he can get to. It's a matter of time and progress. Uh, Salvon Ahmed. Got six carries for 40 yards in the run game. Also had two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown in the passing game. Mike Gesicki, the tight end, two catches for 56. And Lynn Bowden Jr., four, for four catches for 47 yards. No sacks or turnovers for the Dolphins' defense. So, look, it's the preseason, but just, you know, throwing that out there. 
the quarterback room for the Bears. I mean, if this isn't Justin Fields' job, uh, Matt Nagy might actually be seeking to get fired because Dal- Andy Dalton, um, Nick Foles looked absolutely tepid. I felt sorry for Nick Foles. Andy Dalton started the game, Foles finished the game. And I mean, you just think a few seasons back, you know, and Nick Foles is standing on the, the dais at the Super Bowl uh, as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl winning MVP. And now he's doing mop-up duty as a third string quarterback in a preseason game against the Dolphins. Um, Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Justin Fields looks ready to explode. Um, some nerves early maybe, but then settles to complete 14 of 20 for 142 and a touchdown, no interceptions. Also rushed the ball five times for 33 yards and a touchdown. Uh, run game impressed in general for the Bears. And I think that's a really important one for Bears fans. They had 171 yards on the ground from 24 carries. And that could be a massive game changer for Chicago. If they can move the ball on the ground, it's going to open up so much for them in the passing game because really um, they haven't been able to move the football that effectively on the ground, not as effectively as they would have liked. So if they've fixed that and you've got a quarterback like Justin Fields, um, Going to get into a little bit of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson also shortly, but I don't know. I think I think in terms of getting to see a large sample size of these guys, I would say Justin Fields looks the most ready to be the week one starter. Now, the sample size we got of Zach Wilson was was incredibly limited, but he looked good. But you know, we saw Fields for a large chunk of this game. As I said, twenty. Um, 20 passing attempts, completing 14 of them, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, Also rushing the ball five times, 33 yards and a touchdown. I think Fields is good to go. I think, look, maybe if you're an uber cautious dude, you start Andy Dalton and let Justin Fields take this job. Um, If Justin Fields, like, I can't help but think that the Bears team is going to be in trouble if Andy Dalton starts. You know, if he starts the first month and you go one and three or something, Fields is coming in. I don't know. I kind of think, and, you know, people are saying, oh, they've got a difficult schedule. They've got to face the Rams early. You know, do you want him going up against Aaron Donald? Yeah. You, You drafted Justin Fields in the first round as a first round talent to be your franchise quarterback. Of course you want him to face Aaron Donald. Bring it on. You can't live in your fears. You drafted a guy that you believe in. He has looked the goods, admittedly, in preseason, but he looked the goods in college too. Um, I think this guy copped all sorts of crap during the draft process. People were negative and nitpicky about him. Add something in the run game. This is a guy, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, with Ian Book, where, you know, some guys who were, you know, above average athletes in college are average to below average athletes in the NFL. You know, because the, the 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 level of athleticism just like it's the great equalizer in the NFL because everyone's big, everyone's fast, everyone's hungry. Justin Fields didn't get averaged out; like he is still an above average athlete in the NFL, and he showed it. Uh, I think start him. I think don't don't live in your fears. Start the guy and give yourself the best chance to win from the get go. Unless something goes horribly wrong in camp with his form or whatever. Um, 
start him or face the fact that you'll be starting him within the first month of the season, you know, when Andy Dalton, you know, when you hit yourself, when you hit your head on the Andy Dalton ceiling, um, just like I just hit my head on the Andy Dalton metaphor. Um, yeah. Start him. He looks exciting. I uh, don't know if I mentioned this bit, but uh, former <laughs> former Steelers uh, tight end Jesse James had two catches for 58 yards and a touchdown uh, for the Bears. The defense came up with three sacks and an interception, and they held the Dolphins scoreless in the second half. Things could be cooking for the Bears, especially if you start Justin Fields. Do it, Nagy. Do it. The Jaguars v. the Browns, a little bit of Lawrence, a lot to like for Cleveland. So Trevor Lawrence came in, went six of nine for 71 yards, looked a little nervous to start with uh, before settling in and making some nice throws. Not a massive sample size from Trevor Lawrence. There were some really nice throws. One in particular was a real dime, um, tight window type throw. CJ Bethard. Looks like the likely backup. I think Gardner Minshew looks like he's spiraling, spiraling out to the land of elsewhere. He completed four of eight for 47 yards and one pick. I think the Minshew mania um, will be, I don't know, either the Jags practice squad or signed up as a third string somewhere else, maybe. Maybe backup for a team that's lacking a backup. Uh, Marvin Jones. Three catches for 52 yards. Tavon Austin, four catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Both looked good in the passing game, as did Josh Hammond, six catches for 55. So I think there was a little bit to like about this Jags offense. But the story for me out of this game was the Browns. Cleveland looks like a team on a mission. They look like they're taking what they've done last year and they want to, to quote a bit of my hero academia, go beyond plus ultra in 2021. Um didn't see any of Baker Mayfield, but he had Case Keenum and Kyle Lauletta combined for 327 yards on 44 pass attempts. Uh, Lauletta throws two touchdowns in the game. The offense, it goes 10 of 17 on third downs. The running game, a little bit stymied, um, but none of the usual suspects were on the field. Um, you had six receivers for Cleveland get multiple catches and 10 or more yards per reception. The Browns' defense grabs four sacks, including Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who had seven tackles and a sack. So he's a rookie and dominated game one. This looked like a no-nonsense, get-in, do-the-job, do-the-business sort of thing for Cleveland. I think this team is going to be red hot come week one. Um, There's something about them. There's a swagger about Cleveland at the moment, and I think they're going to be dangerous again this year. I think this is going to be a fascinating division, the AFC North. I think the Ravens and the Steelers uh, are going to have their hands full with the Browns. I haven't watched the Bengals game yet. Don't know what that looks like, but I'm still salty at the Bengals for not drafting more offensive line to help protect Joe Burrow. And I actually heard some disturbing kind of rumors that, that Joe Burrow is kind of a little bit hobbly at training. Um, that's worrying to me. Uh, if you're not coming back, I know it's a significant injury, but you'd be if you're going to be starting week one, you don't want to be you can't send a hobbling quarterback out in week one. You just, yeah, I just hope he's you know, the the godfather gif look how they murdered my boy or whatever it is, look what they did to my beautiful boy. That's kind of how I feel about the Bengals with Joe Burrow. It's like you bastards. You know, it's all well and good to go out and please the fans and sign fancy, you know, wide receiver talent. 
protect your franchise quarterback for God's sake. Like you, Panay Sewell gone. What are we thinking? You know, the, the, it was the offensive line that got Joe Burrow absolutely killed last year. What are we doing? Anyway, um, Jets versus Giants. Bit of an average game, to be honest, this one. Uh, one of the less appealing uh, preseason matchups to watch, but there were some nice things to come out of it. So uh, Zach touches down. Jets commitment to the run. Defenses look stout, and we got no look at Jones. So Mike White did the bulk of the work uh, at quarterback for the Jets, but Zach Wilson started this game and showed off that zip on the arm, completed six of nine for 63 yards, some really, really nice throws. Uh, He looks accurate and looks like he's got arm for days in terms of completing those, you know, the bread and butter NFL fitted in a tight window kind of throws outside the numbers into the tight window. I think Zach Wilson can do it. We didn't really get to see him throw a deep ball. I don't think it's an issue. I think he's shown he's got that arm strength. Uh, And they protected him well. That was one thing sort of noted in the moment. I I thought it looked like the Jets' offensive line did a great job protecting Wilson and giving him time. If if he gets protection in the NFL, he's going to carve people up um, because that was – you know, the offensive line play at BYU allowed him to deal from the pocket. And that's what I liked about seeing him for the Jets. It wasn't a lot of, I'm going to run around and make sandpit plays. Hey, it's like, let's sit him in the pocket and let him deal, throw darts, throw just. He throws that, that, that sort of a ball that you hear it smack into the receiver's hands or smack into the chest plate. Uh, it, it's got a zip and a zing. To it, so like what I saw of Zach Wilson, uh, Jets defense under Robert Sala, uh, all gas no breaks, uh, grabbed five sacks for the game. Giants offense incredibly limited looking uh, in the passing game. You had Mike Glennon go three of seven, uh, Thorson Clayton Thorson maybe uh, five of sixteen. The running game showed some things. You had Corey Clement get 32 yards uh, on five carries. Sandro Platzguma, 51 yards on four carries. That the Austrian guy? I feel like they were talking about an Austrian guy, and Platzguma uh, sounds like uh, an Austrian name to me. Uh, on defense for the Giants, Carter Coughlin came up with a sack and seemed to be everywhere. It seemed like every time the Giants defense was on the field, the commentators were talking about Carter Coughlin doing something. So, look, Giants defense looked like it had some things, but that's not what I was worried about. I kind of feel like their defense is going to be all right. It's the offense that has me concerned, and we didn't get to see any of Daniel Jones. Uh, and outside of Daniel Jones, there's not a lot on the roster if we're looking at Mike Glennon and Clayton Thorson. Lots to be excited about if you're a Jets fan, I think. Last game I caught any of, and I only caught the first half of this one, so I'm going to have to go back and watch the second half, but I've sort of had a look at the box score as well, pieced a bit of stuff together. And so my general notes from Patriots v. Football Team. Can't see it for Cam. Fits is fits. Washington defense is going to shred. Cam Newton, to me, I think is done. Uh, I was a big proponent of Cam, loved the guy, wanted to watch him play and shred it up more. I just think it's depressing. Um, He looks stiff and limited to me. The arm doesn't have the juice. 
And I don't think the athletic players do anymore either. And it's a hard thing where you go as a plus ad as an athlete, you know, in the running game, scrambling game, like Cam was, like Cam was Superman. You know, when Superman becomes limited, what do you have to fall back on? I think Cam sort of at the moment is, is definitely an average arm talent. I would say as a Steelers fan, I, I did an exercise the other day where I had all 32 quarterbacks and I marked next to them. Yes. I would take this quarterback in 2021 over Ben Roethlisberger or no, I would take Ben over this quarterback. I'd take Ben over Cam Newton in a heartbeat. Um, even coming off elbow surgery, Ben is still a better passer, still a better deep ball thrower. Um, it's just that thing. I think I just think it's gone. I think the 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 glory years are behind, and I think it's backup work, um, or maybe I don't know, XFL, CFL. I don't know. Um, it's sad because I really, really liked Cam, and really liked Cam, and what a god he was at the height of his powers, but uh, very, very limited. I. I I think it'll be surprising not to see Mac Jones um, finish this season for the for the Patriots. If Cam starts, it's hard to imagine from what we've seen. And and this isn't just one preseason game. Like I'm thinking back to last season uh, where I can't remember did he throw eight touchdowns or something? It wasn't it wasn't many more than ten touchdowns for the season. That's insane. That's like nineteen. 50s quarterback numbers, 10 touchdowns in a season. Um, I just find it hard to think that Mac Jones doesn't eventually take this job, if not sooner rather than later. Um, the Patriots got another draft steal. Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma, absolute wrecking ball in the run game. 10 carries for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Um I'm loving having Najee Harris uh, at the Steelers, but this was a guy I loved in the draft. This was a guy I loved watching in college from Andre Stevenson, the Patriots to me have done it again. Um, As I said, 10 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns, steal. Uh, Washington. Let's start with the the cons, then I'll get to the pros. Um, I'm not convinced that this offense is going to help out their defense much more than it did last year. Could be totally wrong. Uh, I don't see across the course of a season like what the history is instructive. I I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has had one great year as a starter um, in New York. And outside of that, it's been uh, cameos as a good starter or an exciting backup. So if you're asking me, well, what do you think? How do you think he's going to go with, you know, with, another se- with a season as the starter? I'm going to just say history is instructive. Uh, I think he has been in more talented offenses uh, than what he's going to play in in Washington. And that's not a dig at Washington. But the reality is he was in Tampa Bay the year, what, 2018? Uh, the, the year before Arians was there, maybe. and. You know, so he had uh, Chris Godwin. He had Mike Evans. He had, I think they had Deshaun Jackson that year. You know, he had weapons and still had games where it was magic when he was Fitz magic. And then he had the games where he's Fitz tragic. 
um, and he throws a bunch of picks and, and, and will cost you a game. History is instructive to me. I think this is a team that needs to draft a quarterback next year because I think you've got everything almost in place. I think this year was another year of adding different types of weapons on there. You know, each side of the ball, they've been amassing the roster. I think, and we're going to get to this, I think this is a Super Bowl winning defense. This offense, to me, to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a value add at quarterback. You know, I, I, I think history is instructive. I'll leave it there. He's had one good year as a starter. Happy to be proved wrong because I love watching Fitz succeed. But the, the, for the Fitzpatrick career story, um, isn't one of consistent starter play. So I'm fascinated to see what happens uh, in Washington. And if the, the offense doesn't, like, see how the offense goes. If they're good, then watch out because this defense is legitimately Super Bowl caliber. Chase Young is an absolute beast. He's an absolute beast. Uh, he got to Cam, uh, tackled Cam at one point. It's like, um, you know, meet at the quarterback, you know, and you just have a bunch of guys from that Washington defensive line just converge at the quarterback. Uh, I obviously didn't watch Lawrence Taylor. I've watched Lawrence Taylor. I didn't watch him at the time that he was playing, but I've gone back and watched. Um, I feel like Chase Young is going to be that kind of destructive, game-changing talent. I think this is a guy who has a chance to win uh, league MVP awards. Uh, I think, you know, not only defensive player of the year, I think this, I think this is the leader of the team. You know, most, most teams, it's the quarterback. Most teams you go, oh yeah, the unquestioned leader of the team, it's the quarterback. Uh, not so at Washington. Uh, I think Chase Young is the leader of the Washington football team. I think Chase Young is the face of the Washington football team. What an exciting prospect. So I think Washington has you know, top two or three defenses in the whole competition. But to me, they've got a bottom half of the league offense. It can, you know, the potential to me is to be slightly above average. That's all they probably need to win a Super Bowl is an offense that's slightly above average. Uh, but I'm not convinced about Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think you'll get weeks of Fitz magic. I think you'll get weeks of Fitz tragic. So come playoffs, do you want that coin flip? I don't want that coin flip. So I don't know. As I said, happy to be proved wrong on this. That'd be nice. But man, that defense is to be envied. Uh, like I said, there's only one or two other teams in the NFL that I think can say they boast a similar level defense. They are stout on the defensive side of the ball. All right. That is all my thoughts wrapped into one. Uh NFL preseason, technically technically week two, to me, it's week one because we only got one game last week. This was the NFL preseason week one because everyone was playing. Last week was Hall of Fame game. So NFL preseason week one, we saw everybody. These are my thoughts. I'm going to dig into the other games as well. I'll try and watch the other eight matches so that I can say I've watched all 16 games and can take away some thoughts. As you'll note, I didn't really go into the scores. Scores in preseason to me are fairly meaningless. Um, 
who cares who's winning, who's losing, because sometimes teams lose on the scoreboard, but win um, in terms of what they can see and learn from their game film and their, their, you know, match, their match time uh, for players. So they're my takeaways. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll come out with another one of these next week after this, the second week of preseason games till next time, guys, you've been great. I've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening. for joining us on the Jake Botel Football Experience. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Jake Botel Football Experience and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, we invite you to support the JBFE on Patreon and you'll receive additional exclusive bonus content. Thank you again for joining us at the JBFE.